For 2015, our theme for the year is to walk worthy of your calling. By now, hopefully you should know that. You should also know our theme verse, which comes from Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 1, which says, I, therefore, as a prisoner for the Lord, urge you to walk worthy of the calling to which you have been called. The Apostle Paul there to the church of Ephesus saying, you guys have a special calling. And that's what we're focusing on as Northsiders in 2015. Thus far, we have been going through several series uh, to kind of cover this idea of calling. Steve started talking at the beginning of the year with the, uh, this idea of my personal calling with his series called What's My Calling? And then I focused on a, a lesson series focused on the body. And that is focusing on who we are as the body of Christ, who we are called to be, and what we are called to do. Then we finished uh, last Sunday with a series on families and actually not last Sunday, but the Sunday before last in which we examined our calling, our individual calling within not just our spiritual family, but within our physical family and who God has called us to be as husbands and wives and spouses and children and parents and so forth. So uh, we are excited to begin today a new series, which is our examining our calling to prison ministry. Well, not exactly. It is actually our call to be holy, and we're calling it Laying Aside. This is a lesson series which is really going to focus in great part on practical holiness. We're not talking, Cole mentioned this morning in his prayer, and I appreciated it so much. We're not talking here about positional holiness. Okay, we, are, we are not talking about our standing in Christ. We're looking at what the practical steps we can take to run a better race, to have a better practical relationship with Jesus as we go along. And so that's our goal. And our theme verse for this particular series, at least for today, is going to be Hebrews chapter 12. We're focusing on, again, practical holiness. And Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1 I'm just going to read the verse, and you can read along if you're following along in the handout. The Hebrew writer says there, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured from sinners such hostility against himself so that you may not grow weary or faint hearted. The writer of Hebrews compares our journey to a race. And uh, I cannot speak to this from personal experience. I know that might be a shock to some of you. Tyler had been playing soccer in the spring, and one thing he figured out is that he was a sprinter. He was not a long-distance runner, and soccer involves a lot of back-and-forth running the whole time. And so he said, Dad, I'd like to start exercising together. And so I quickly rebuked him and said, Get behind me, Satan. No, I said, all right, that'll be all right. I need to exercise more than I do, and because I exercise zero, so anything will be helpful. So we start exercising. I have this little app on my phone that, that kind of runs you through these exercises you can do with your own body weight. And it runs through the whole thing in about seven minutes, which I figure that's about my level of exercise. 
Well, this thing is incredibly hard, and my heart is just coming through my chest. And I said, after we exercise, we're going to go take a little jog. So here I am. I am just dying, sweat pouring, heart pounding. I'm about to meet Jesus, and I'm going to go for a jog. So we go for a little jog, and, and Tyler is up ahead of me. He's running pretty good. And I think, that little squirt, he is trying to show his dad up, and he's doing a good job. And, and he's running, I'm just barely just trying to survive. I don't really call it jogging. Most of you would just call it fast walking. It's just kind of one of those things. And so anyway, we get done, and I'm just, we're sitting there kind of re- recouping. And he looks over at me, and he says, Dad... I was going as slow as I could. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. Well, so when we come to this understanding that we are thinking of a race, maybe that is a comparison that's harder for some of us than to others. But I want you to get in mind the idea that once you begin your journey in Christ, you know, in waters of baptism, either up there or wherever you were baptized, you're at the starting line and you, you start this journey. And as you begin, you stumble and you, you don't go as fast as you should and you just really struggle through some things. But the, the farther along you get into the race, the more you realize there are some things you have to let go of if you're going to get any better. If you are going to run a race, the first thing that is so crucial to the race, the runner, is this idea that you have to lighten up. And I don't mean to take less seriously the race. That's not what I mean. In fact, that's most what most Christians tend to do. We tend to think, well, it's it's not a big deal. The grace of God, God covers me. It's okay. But when I say lighten up, I'm talking about exactly what the Hebrew writer says. Let us lay aside, and he says two things there, every weight and every sin. Now, there's a difference there. Every sin, a sin is, we're going to call, an ungodly behavior. Things that we outright know, the scriptures are very clear, these things are sinful and wrong. But there's a, as another part to it, the weight. For those of you that are runners, you know that when you plan and prepare, one of the parts of planning and preparing is removing every little thing you don't need. I read a great book called Born to Run by Christopher McDougall. And in that story, he's a runner, and he's, he's suffering from injuries. And he hears rumors of these Indians down in the Copper Mountains, Copper Canyons of uh, Mexico that supposedly are ultra runners. They run 50 to 100 miles a day with no injuries, no debilitations. And the, the, so he goes down to study them, to, to figure out how they do it. And the whole book is, is fascinating read. But one of the big things he talks about is, you know, we spend a billions of dollars on specialized running shoes from Nike and Adidas and so forth. And they just use nothing. They run barefoot. And he studies the science of it and determines that most of modern running shoes actually impede the architecture of the foot. It wasn't designed to be that way. Or if they run with nothing, they, if they don't run with nothing, they have a little piece of very thin leather just held on by a small strap to, just to let the foot do its work. 
Now, why do I tell you that story? To remind you of what the Hebrew writer said. Let us lay aside every weight and every sin. If sins are ungodly behaviors, then weights are unnecessary burdens. They are the things that we just don't need. Let me give you some practical examples and you'll be be able to relate. Okay? In, In the area of entertainment, if we were to talk about sins versus weight, a sin would be pornography. It would be one that you, you could clearly say, this is a sin. This is ungodly behavior. This is not something that God wants for his people to defile their minds and their bodies with. An unnecessary burden, however, would be something like something that you're watching on Netflix. It's not pornography per se, but it's certainly not helping you in your race. It's like you getting up to the starting line wearing a pair of jeans and a ski coat. It's not going to help you. The Hebrew writer says we've got to lay aside both things, the sins and the weights. If we're talking about this race of faith and lightening up, then we understand very simply that no one runs well with extra weight. If you want to be a better runner, the best thing to do is to remove every impediment to running. Now you say, this guy in the picture, he looks like he's running pretty well with weight. Did you look at his face? He looks like most of you on Sunday mornings. Angry, intense, scowling, because Jesus wants me to carry it. No, Jesus never asked you to carry that. He said, my yoke is easy and my burden is He wants you to run farther and faster and freer than you ever have before. No one runs well with extra weight. Now, you, this guy might be using that for training, but I guarantee you, if you were to unstrap him from that weight, he would run much farther and much faster. And you will, too, if you'll learn to let go of the sins which cling so closely and the weights which impede every step. Why is it that Christians do this? I I need to give you an example. Adam, come here, buddy. Adam is a runner, of course. He looks like a runner. Let's have you stand right here on the bottom. Adam's a runner, and he runs cross-country, and he looks like a runner, and he's built like a runner. But if I were to have Adam run with these weights, now in this bag I have some some extra weight here, buddy. It's some chains and maybe uh, two or three bricks. Can I have you put that on? We good? <laughs> he looks like some of you look. Tell me, how does that feel? It feels like there's a backpack full of weight on my back. <laughs> <laughs> insightful, insightful. Christians tend to have this physique of a runner. We have positionally, we are holy, and yet we carry things like sin that we've been forgiven of, but we refuse to let go of it. Or maybe we still enjoy it, and we just refuse to let go. Even worse is the idea that we don't just carry one big thing, 
but rather that we carry lots of little things, little sins. Better? Good. Okay. You don't have any back issues, do you? No. Okay, we've got some chiropractors here at Northside. So <laughs> it's not usually the big things, it's the little things. Yeah, yeah, I know Jesus said not to worry, but worry helps me sleep better. Yeah, I know we're not supposed to gossip, but it's just a little gossip. It doesn't hurt anyone. It's these sins and these weights that weigh us down. For some reason, we continue to add. It's like we're just not enjoying ourselves enough. Go ahead. Hold that one. Good. Are you ready? How are you feeling? I can feel it. I can feel it. (laughs) You can because there's not enough weight in there, Adam. You have not yet added enough burdens. Open the bag up. Carry it. Don't worry about the pack. Just load the mule. Just carry it because you're strong enough. What doesn't kill you will will probably kill you, but... (laughs) We carry those little things all around, and we're supposed to run a race. We're supposed to run a race. Did you hear me? We're supposed to run a race. And yet you keep thinking that you can do it. See, you look like a Christian ready to go to church. How you doing, Adam? Uh, wrong answer, wrong answer. You're supposed to say, I'm fine. I'm fine. <laughs> there you go. Now, you understand that if God meant us to run a race, why is it that you keep making it Harder. Why is it that you keep carrying things God never asks you to carry? Adam, what do you want to do right now? Kind of like to put the bags down. Here's what we're going to do this summer in this series called Laying Aside. Go ahead. This is what God wants you to do. He wants you to drop it. He wants you to stop being impeded by the weights and the sins that are holding you back. Thank you. I'll send the bill to Dr. Rob. I mean, more precisely, he'll send the bill to me. Stop making it harder. If you are not worried about the mule... You know who doesn't say that? Mules! This looks like some of you in your spiritual life. I don't feel like I'm getting anywhere. Church doesn't do anything for me. Well, no kidding. You haven't got any spiritual traction. If Jesus called us to run a race, he didn't intend for us to run it with all the extra baggage. What he wants you to do is lay aside. Every weight. That's whether we're talking about sin or whether we're talking about the weight 
whatever it is, you were designed to run with endurance. This race is not an easy race, but it is a rewarding one. It is one that will ultimately be one when we get to that finish line, that it will be glorious. I hope you're running. I hope you're taking seriously the call to run. And I hope that you are letting him lift the weights. Now, the verse that was read before we started this morning was from 1 Peter. And I want to finish by turning there because uh, Peter gives us four pre-race tips as we think about running this race together. And we're going to go through 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 13 through 16. Peter says, therefore, preparing your minds for action and being sober minded, set your hope fully on the grace that will be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. As obedient children, do not do not be conformed to the passions of your former ignorance. But as he who called you is holy, you also be holy in all your conduct. Now, again, we're not talking positional holiness. We're talking about practical holiness, the day to day, the how you act on Monday through Saturday, not just here for a couple of hours once a week. But as he who called you is holy, be holy in your conduct, since it is written, you shall be holy for I am holy. The first uh, idea is that you have to prepare. If you're going to run a marathon, long before you run the marathon, you have to decide in your mind that you're going to do it. This is what Peter says, prepare your minds for action. It's, it, no one ever runs a marathon on accident. You have to intentionally do so. So you've got to think, how am I called to be more holy? Number two, you have to start training. Now, I can visualize and think about all the ways in which I'm going to run a 26.2-mile race. But until I get up off the couch, shut the bag of Cheetos put on my running shoes, and begin training one mile at a time, I won't get there. James chapter 2 says, faith without works is dead. And some people struggle with that. They say, are you trying to earn your salvation? No, he's just simply saying, you can't have an active, living, breathing faith if you're not putting it into practice. It does you no good if you know all of the Bible, but you don't put it into practice in your world. If you don't let it be, be seen in you. That's what training is all about. Training is the mental, someone who's made the mental decision to begin the running. And they lace up. They're, not, they're going to run the whole race. And they're not going to just run it as fast as they want to. But they're working by increments to get better. It's not just thinking. It's acting. Number three. We've got to get serious about the race. We've got to be serious about it. Um, I notice sometimes with these 5K runs, you know, and they're, they're kind of just for fun, but you got two levels of runners, right? You have the runners that are just, you can tell, they are intense, they have trained for it, and they are absolutely focused on crossing the finish line first. And there's other 5K runners, I'd probably put myself in that category, just, I'm just going to walk it, I'm just going to take it easy. If we're going to run the race of Christ... It's not that we're racing against one another, but we have to be determined to finish. 
You have to be serious about it. No, no runner gets, especially in a competitive race, you, you don't do that without giving thought to what am I wearing? What am I eating before the race? What's my pace going to be? How am I going to hydrate myself? On the really long races, they even have to plan, okay, bathroom breaks and stuff like that, or cups of water, where am I going to take that? How am I going to plan all of these parts out? You have to get serious about it. And number four, you have to focus. You have to focus on the finish. 2 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 1, if you're opening your Bibles, you turn there. Paul writes to the church at Corinth. He says, since we have these promises, beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from every defilement of body and spirit, bringing holiness to completion in the fear of God. The title of the sermon is Why Be Holy? The answer to the question is because he is holy. This is not going to be an easy thing. Some of you are carrying things you've been carrying a long time. You kind of enjoy carrying them. You've kind of got used to the weight. Some of you are going to be called to give up things that seem very natural because by the world standards they are. But we're called to let them go because we're running a very different kind of race. Be holy because you're called to be holy. This summer we're going to talk about running well. And Steve and I are going to talk to you and study together about the weights and the sins that we need to lay aside as we run the race of Christ. As I said earlier, you cannot begin the race until you've come to the starting. Until you come to the start line and are ready to begin. And you put on Christ in the waters of baptism for the forgiveness of your sins. Then you can begin your race. If you haven't even started the race this morning, I want to invite you to do so. Or maybe this morning you're running real slow. And you're carrying lots of things you shouldn't be. If you're ready to drop those weights, if you're ready to finally find some relief from your burdens and sins, please come as together we stand and sing.